Start with a question. Do you know anyone who is truly kind? Whose names come to your mind when I ask you to remember a time someone was really kind? Yeah, we have kindness in our midst because it's a fruit of the spirit. Well, um, these are characteristics of God himself and the fruit that he grows in us as we walk in the spirit. And so I've asked a couple people to share um, a time that they received a great kindness or gentleness. And the first one will be Jeremy. We'll get him back up here. I got to I got to work at 12 so I'm just like getting ready. Okay. Well, I wanted to have you right away so you For kindness, right? I was here. Yes, for kindness. Who I think is kind or? No, an example uh, when I asked you I, I, I mean I asked for an Oh yeah, example oh yeah. of somebody who had, had been kind to you at a time of <coughs> kindness. Oh man. It meant something to you. Oh, um probably when I first came, I heard about the harvest or I heard about the ranch um th- almost 3 years ago and it was from a girl named Shanice, and then a guy named Freddie Kippers, who I worked with. And I was like, oh, this place sounds cool. I've never really seen a community like that. I was straight out of high school. And probably, like, the love that I was shown here just, like, blew me away. And especially when I first came here, I, like, met, like, Karis and Caitlin um, and Naomi. And it was just, like, these people, people, you know, who I just met, like, showed an interest in me, like, a legitimate interest and like wanted to know about my life and it was like you know it's it seems normal to me now because I like to do that but it was like totally blew me away um, so what's normal around here now that I'm experiencing is pretty pretty sweet for a lot of people so Yeah, she's Gina's friend, so. Yeah, so, I mean, it's simple, but that was one of the first time I came here. I was like, holy Toledo, who are these people? <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah, yeah, holy Lydia House. Uh, so, it's simple, but that really had a big, big, big impact on me and why I'm still here, so. So, how many thinks it's think it's really, really difficult to show an interest in someone, to ask them about themselves. Not, not difficult. Okay. Um, Lisa, there you are. <laughs> Good morning. So, um, practiced on Dave last night. He said it (laughs) went well, so here we go. Um, In recent months, God has been revealing to me over and over that this lifetime space is all about him, and it's not about me, which is really great. (laughs) Um, It's so freeing, and it's so awesome to just um, be more consumed with who God is and more concerned with his love for us than on yourself, so it's been really good. So largely, I've lived selfishly, basically out of my own pain, out of my own aches and needs, but it's so refreshing to realize God's grace and love for me. And I feel like 
kindness and God's love and his grace are so closely related. Um, so he's saved me from myself and from sin. His gentleness and kindness continually meet me all the time, especially when I set aside time to spend with him. His grace and peace overwhelm my frame, and I'm able to rejoice in thanksgiving back to him for his glory. Um, when I was thinking about what the definition or what I would consider gentleness and kindness to be, um, it's undeserved favors shown in love. And so a few of those favors that I've seen personally in my own life um, is one, in high school, I, um, you might not think it, but I was not the kindest person in high school to my parents. And um, I did a lot of things that were not okay. And um, there's a moment of truth where we were all sitting down together and I was with a third party and it was just a moment of realizing that I had been really wrong. And so I just remember being broken and realizing that my parents could do a lot of stuff or, you know, use it against me. And they just extended complete forgiveness. And so that was just a moment where I just realized kindness and gentleness. Um, another moment was sort of like Jeremy's. Um, I had entered a high school after the original kind of um, entry into high school and I remember going into like a choir room and there was a girl there so it was a brand new school I was coming in later and she just had this smile on her face and it was like a genuine smile like I would like to meet you sort of a thing and so I just remember being overwhelmed with kindness and um, she and I ended up being best friends and are still really good friends to this day and so it was just one of those moments where it was like a God thing you know like for somebody to be welcoming and, uh, and accepting of me um, another one was I was in college and I was in a kind of a smaller prayer group and a girl came up to me and knelt beside me and I'm like this is weird what is she doing uh, and she just prayed for me and prophesied over me and I knew it was in love I can't remember to this day what the prophecy was necessarily um, but I just remember feeling loved and there's nothing like that um, there's nothing like that and so I just remember afterwards being like you're weird but you're cool <laughs> and she had she had dreads you know and it was just different and um, she and I ended up being roommates for the next three years and um, I'm going out to visit her in a couple weeks and she's just a very sweet friend and and I wouldn't have come as far in my relationship with God without having that friendship. She just, what, I don't know how to describe it other than her love, her tenderness towards me drew me into the Father's love. She um, had a little bit of money that somebody had given her and she, she spent it on some tickets out to Toronto, Canada, where I was able to go to a conference and it was just, it was wonderful. So anyways, um, when I was picturing gentleness and kindness, <clears throat> and doing this um, for the testimony, I just got this picture of us as Christians when we are gentle and kind to others. It's like we shoot arrows of fire into the enemy's camp and the enemy's camp is just consumed with fire and people that are in darkness have to flee and they are drawn into the Father's kindness and gentleness and into the light. And so I just wanted to share that picture to you because you may think gentleness and kindness are kind of these weak things, but they are powerful weapons in the kingdom of God. Um, and I also wanted to share this Bible verse. You might be sharing it later. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> is it Colossians? Oh, okay. All right. It's a different one. Colossians 3, 12 through 15. If you guys wanted to... Look it up. Um, it's before Thessalonians, after Galatians. 
in Ephesians. Um, it's just um, kind of like a command to us as, as in Christ. Verse 12 says, God has chosen you and made you his holy people. He loves you. So your new life should be like this. Show mercy to others. Be kind, humble, gentle, and patient. Don't be angry with each other, but forgive each other. If you feel someone has wronged you, forgive them. Forgive others because the Lord forgave you. Together with these things, the most important part of your new life is to love each other. Love is what holds everything together in perfect unity. Let the peace that Christ gives control your thinking. It is for peace that you were chosen to be together in one body. And always be thankful. I just want to pick, pick up a little bit on what she was sharing about the power. I mean, we think of gentleness and kindness as something sweet and soft and mushy. But when it's in, it infused by the Spirit of God, it has great power. Two, ex, two examples. One is personal. It goes back to... Um, I like Paul, I'm 70. <laughs> so I go, this goes back a few years. I was uh, in the army in Korea, and uh, it was an unaccompanied tour. Uh, Darla couldn't join me. And, and um, the only place where I was an officer, and the only place where we could eat was in the of officer's club. And this one Friday night, I was just so tired and totally discouraged. And out from um, one of the doors in the side came the officer in charge of the officer's club. This guy was foul-mouthed, mean-spirited, and I just quickly turned my head away because the last thing I needed was to, for him to spew some venomous fire on me. And as he got up to me, he put his hand on my shoulder and I don't remember what he said, but it was a word of kindness. <laughs> that heaviness just lifted from me. God used him. I didn't expect it, but God is able to do that. But I share that because of the power that a kind word can have to lift burdens. And then I want to take something from scripture. You all remember Zacchaeus, the wee little man who climbed up in the sycamore tree, the tax collector. One of the things um, God has, has been just filling me over the last 10 years with his um, heart of justice and mercy for the poor and the oppressed and how uh, it, it, it's really an area that we in the more conservative church have to grow more into. And um, that we often think about evangelism as telling people about Jesus. And 
what I've learned is what's sometimes even more powerful are actions of kindness and love. So back to Zacchaeus, hated because he was a tax collector, hated by the Jews. He, he was a turncoat because you know, he was robbing from his own people. That's what tax collectors did. In my heart, I think that he had heard Jesus talk at different times. And he probably thought, well, this guy is kind of different. It's not like the scribes and the Pharisees, etc. And so here's this time Jesus is walking along. And Zacchaeus wants to see him. So he goes to the tree, climbs up in the tree so he can get a good look at him. Who is this guy? Jesus comes along and he stops and he looks up at him. And with eyes of kindness and grace, he says, Zacchaeus, I want to visit with you. I want to go to your house. And Zacchaeus is probably thinking, wow. Suddenly, all the words that he had heard Jesus talk about took on substance. And he ran to his house. And Jesus came. And Jesus said, now, Zacchaeus, about all your sins. You know, you, you got to start setting things straight. No, Jesus didn't say anything. He didn't have to because his act of kindness and saying, Zacchaeus, I want to be with you. I want to spend time with you. Zacchaeus says, I want to make right all the wrongs that I've done, not just dollar for dollar, but multiple dollars for dollar. We have great power, and when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, they're power tools for the kingdom. Amen. Wow, God does good things, doesn't he? <laughs> well, kindness in, in the original manuscript, crestatis, is goodness in action, sweetness of disposition, gentleness in dealing with others, benevolence, affability. The word describes the ability to act for the welfare of those who are taxing your patience. The Holy Spirit is removing abrasive qualities from the character of someone who is under his control. And it's this kind of kindness that does what Dick said, breaks through evil. It, it penetrates hard walls that we've built up. And it positions us to come to God and to look like God. So I want to ask you, is this how people might describe you? Goodness in action, sweetness of disposition, gentleness in dealing with others, benevolence. 
There's another part of kindness, too, because God comes to us first to show that kindness. Romans 2, 4 says, Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? You know, we need to be able to receive kindness. God has always got his hand out to us, and we're kind of pushing it away and say, oh, I'm not worthy. Oh, that's for someone else. You know, but we need to learn how to receive kindness from God first so that he can work on our spirit and we can offer it out to others. The other word and the other gift that we're looking at today is gentleness. And we, we chose them together because gentleness is so closely related to kindness, even part of its definition. In the original Greek, it's mildness of disposition, gentleness of spirit, meekness. Now, in our uh, culture, that's not necessarily a good thing. We think of meekness as weakness. We think of meekness as even cowardice. But that was not the original um, meaning at all. Gentleness as manifested by the Lord is the fruit of power. Jesus was meek because he had all the resources of God at his command, and he chose an attitude of gentleness. Described negatively, Meekness is the opposite of self-assertedness or self-interest. It's an evenness of spirit, uh, neither elated nor cast down, because there's nothing of the self in it. My favorite gentleness scripture is Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer turns away wrath. And there's all sorts of chances to practice that all over the place in, in our culture. <laughs> Barclay takes a little bit different take on gentleness. He says, judging by not only the list in Galatians of the fruit of the Spirit, but by other places the, pat the word is used, that it means three things. One, submitted to the will of God. And that, that kind of goes along with what Vine said, that the, the meekness before God is the, is the same in the face of men out of a sense that insults and injuries which they may inflict are permitted and used by him to purify you, to build you up, to strengthen you. His second uh, definition is teachable, not too proud to be learning part of gentleness, teachableness. I get that from Paul. I, you know, he's so humble and transparent um, and teachable. I see that in him, and I think, I want to be like that. <laughs> I really do. Okay. And the third one is considerate. Gentleness has a consideration to it, a going beyond whatever you might be thinking to meeting what somebody else might experience well beyond your knowledge. The part of that word in the Greek pros is an animal tamed and brought under control, is a gentled animal. And that's what God is. He's bringing us under the control of his spirit in us. And it's a beautiful thing. I asked Bob to share the biblical way that Jesus showed us these characteristics. Thanks, Linda. 
Um, before I do that, I wanted to lay just a little bit of groundwork because <clears throat> when we think of the fruit of the Spirit, we often think about what we do. And, and we've got to be really careful about that because the fruit is not something that we do. The fruit is an outcome of something, isn't it? The fruit is something that comes from our abiding in God. So that fruit of the Spirit, all nine of the listing of the fruit of the Spirit, is the manifestation of God's love through us. It's not something we do. It's not something that we strive to. Um, it is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's that manifestation of the Spirit working through us, operating in us. The very first fruit that's listed is love. And that's that agape love. And God is love. So, again, all the fruit of the Spirit are coming from God in us and through us. God is the Holy Spirit. When we are in God, we will produce fruit. When we're not, we won't. Um, in John, it says, that Jesus said, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So the fruit is the very nature of God, of love flowing through us. So now, to what Linda specifically asked me to do, which is Jesus demonstrating the fruit of the Spirit. There's, I mean, you could just, we could just open this up and start reading the Gospels, and we could be here for a couple of hours and, and not, not get through even half of it. Uh, but uh, kindness, for the sake of kindness, kindness for the sake of kindness. I mean, Jesus, Jesus was an expert at that. I, I think about the healing, healing the paralyzed man at, at Capernaum in, in Mark 2. He didn't need to do it. It wasn't, it was on, it wasn't even on his agenda. It wasn't, wasn't something he went to do. He did it because there was a kindness needed, and it just flowed out of him. Um, one of the ones I love the most is, is raising the dead boy during, during the funeral. I mean, the funeral procession's going by. You know, and the mom's walking by crying. And, and kindness, just for the sake of kindness, Jesus just went up and said, get up. I, you know, what a... What an act of kindness just for the sake of doing it. Nothing in it for him. Didn't, didn't uh, advance his agenda in any way. Um, ministering to the children, that's the other one I love. You know, come, no, no, let, let the kids come in. Oh, no, no, come on. Let them, let them all in here. You know, clearly that was anti-cultural in those days. Clearly. And it unfortunately is to a lot of extent in many places that we go now. It's just not cultural. You know, the kids are just, you know, they're, they're just a, get, get them out of the way. They're just a distraction. But Jesus ministered to those kids and showed love to those kids. So one of the definitions that Linda talked about is that kindness just for the sake of kindness. Kindness when it's not called for. Um, two of the examples that come to mind right away are healing the centurion's servant. I mean, this, this was Jesus sent to the children of the Hebrews What's a centurion? A centurion is a Roman. Okay, he's not one 
of the Hebrews. And yet, in uh, Mark 8, he, he, he heals the centurion's servant. The centurion comes to him and says, got this problem? He says, under control. He just takes care of it. The Canaanite woman's daughter, another example, he was not called to the Canaanites. He was called to the children of the Hebrews. And he just takes care of it. It wasn't called for at all, and yet he still did it. And Linda just read that, that uh, quote from Romans about uh, kindness leading to repentance. And I, I think of the woman at the well. And you know, he didn't, just like, just like Dick was talking about, he didn't go to that woman and say, boy, are you an evil woman. You've had five husbands, and you've done this and that and the other thing. He just talked to her. He was just kind to her. The very fact that a man was talking to a woman, the very fact that a Hebrew man was talking to a Canaanite woman, it, it was just all off. The whole thing was off, and it had to have been kindness. And that just flowed out of Jesus because of who he was. And that was the kindness that led her, and possibly a whole town, we don't know exactly what the outcome was, but a whole town to repentance. And Linda also talked about kindness um, in, in adversity, you know, when someone doesn't deserve it, when, when, there's, when there's some real problems. And again, Jesus, uh, the, the greatest example is him healing the, the ear that was cut off of the, of the high priest's servant. I mean, they were coming to take this guy away and hang him or crucify him. And what does Jesus do? He says, no, 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 oh, let me heal you. It was an incredible act of kindness in, a, in the face of adversity. Um, the teachers of the law, um, they, they came to Jesus and, and they were testing him constantly. And Jesus was, was very kind to them. And, and especially, especially the one where he just, he just kind of said, you have done rightly. He just kind of commended him in front, in front of all the other teachers of the law. He says, you've, you've, done, you've done well. And Jesus preached in, in Matthew 5. He said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. He was preaching kindness. Kindness in the face of adversity. It's very difficult to pray for those who persecute you. It's very difficult. Paul was talking about, uh, about that in prayer just this morning, that in his daily prayer, he thanks God for adversity. He thanks God for the trials because it gives this opportunity to allow God's love to flow through us and to touch other people. At, you know, at, at the cross, hanging there on the cross in unbelievable agony, and what does he say? Forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. I can't imagine my being able to say that, but that's part of the point of what we're talking about here. The fruit is not what you can do or I can do. The fruit is what Jesus does as we submit ourselves to him. And then we want to talk a little bit about gentleness, too. And I, I didn't, didn't um, come up, I didn't list specific scriptures, but I list, what I listed was that whole process of his going to the cross. The whole process of gentleness, that gentle trusting in God's control over the situation. He had a complete trust that God was in control. The, the way he dealt with Judas, man, wouldn't you be ticked 
I mean, you know, betrayal is a tough thing to take. When someone you love, when somebody that you spent time with betrays you, and look what Jesus did. He, he dealt with him gently, even at the Last Supper. He said, yeah, you're the one, just very gently. He depended on God's ultimate plan. In Matthew 26, he says, Do you think that I cannot appeal to my father, and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? How then will the scriptures be fulfilled, which say it must happen this way? He had a complete trust in the Father's plan, so much so that he was willing to go through everything that he went through. And maybe one of the greatest examples of both kindness and gentleness is his restoring Peter after his denial. Again, there's that betrayal. There's that betrayal, and he not only forgives him, but restores him to a position of authority over all the church. The fruit of the Spirit is what flows from us because of God. It's not what we do to earn God's love. It, it flows from his love. So we have some time, and we wanted you to get in small groups and talk a little bit more in depth. I have three suggestions for um, things to cover. One is to share meaningful examples of kindness and gentleness that come to mind that you have received, to encourage each other, to build each other up, um, to share whether you exhibit these gifts, and to pray for an increase of the Holy Spirit in each other, and also to talk about opportunities for kindness that are around us in a school setting, in a work setting, at Lydia House here, in your neighborhood, others that come to mind, opportunities. So examples, um, the way you show the gifts and prayer, and opportunities. So why don't you get in groups of three to five and um, begin sharing. And Paul, do you want to... Give a, a benediction for afterwards, or do you want to call them back together after? I'll do it now because we don't know how long some will take. Yeah. So that's, that's a good idea. So I will extend to you the peace came from the Lord through Moses to Aaron and right to you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.